you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And Isaiah penned these words 700 years before Jesus came. My question this morning, the title of my message is, Is Jesus Wonderful to You? Now, if I would go around and ask you individually, Is Jesus Wonderful to You? You'd say, Yes, He is. But is He really wonderful to us? You spend time with someone that's wonderful to you. You talk about someone that's wonderful to you. You listen to someone that's wonderful to you. Folks, do we spend very much time in prayer? The Christmas season is supposed to be about Jesus. This was a dark time in Israel's history. And the reason it was dark is because they had turned away from God. And every time a nation does that or a person does that, they will suffer the consequences of turning away from God. And in this dark time, 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and he tells about this bright light in a dark world. He said, for unto us, I think that's the greatest thing about this verse, unto us. Unto you, unto us. A child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, I'm so thankful this morning that you are wonderful. Lord, I ask that you would guide my lips, my mouth, my mind, my heart, and Lord, that I would say those things that you want to be said this morning. And Father, for those who are listening, I ask, Father, that you would speak to their hearts this morning. Lord, we need to know today that you are still wonderful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but uh, sometimes you see someone in front of a group and they're up on a platform. They seem larger than life. Remember that happened to me several times and uh, uh, going to a Bible college, I'd see these guys get up there and speak. And I think, wow, they're super Christians. The problem is you, you think they're wonderful until you get to know them. I remember this evangelist. I thought, wow, he's bigger than life. He's up here and I'm down here and I got to spend some time with him and I found out, you know what? He's just like everybody else. He has feet of clay. He's human. He sins. He's not so wonderful. And you find that out from a distance, sometimes people seem like they're really, really great and they're wonderful. There's one person that you get to know. And the more you get to know him, the more wonderful he is. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to encourage you this morning, during the Christmas season, uh, God has the uh, power to change things. He's done that in our church. But folks, uh, he is wonderful. Christmas is not about presents. Christmas is not about decorations and a tree. And you get all excited about that. It's about Jesus Christ. He is wonderful. There are over 250 names for the Lord Jesus Christ in the Bible. Each one of those names describe an attribute about the Lord Jesus Christ. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, sees several things. First of all, he sees the crib. 
The Bible says, unto us a child is born. Most people are not afraid of a baby. In fact, babies have a way of making adults act silly. Have you ever seen adults around a baby, especially women? You know, they start acting different. And they start uh, putting on this baby voice. And they start trying to make the baby trying to smile. And they, they act crazy. If they saw themselves on a video, they'd say, wow, I look weird. <laughs> but in front of that baby, they're trying to make that baby smile. Jesus Christ came as a baby. Not only did Isaiah see a crib, he saw a cross. Unto us a son is given. Jesus came to die. And I'm thankful he came to die. Because if Jesus then died, none of us would have a way to heaven. And that's interesting. It's okay if Jesus suffered on a cross, but I don't want a cross in my life. So Isaiah saw a crib, a cross, but he saw a crown. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. Folks, things may seem bad right now, but Jesus is coming again. And he is going to set up his kingdom. And when he sets up his kingdom, he'll rule forever and ever and ever. Remember, as Christians, we're just pilgrims. We're strangers. We're just coming through this life for a short time. Jesus is coming. Our real home is in heaven. Jesus is a gift from heaven. I want us to notice several things about the Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, his personality. Why is he wonderful? His personality. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called. And some people believe that the two words go together. He is the wonderful counselor. I have good news for you this morning. Jesus is the best counselor you will ever meet. And he wants to give us counsel. He is the answer. Presidents will surround themselves with advisors and counselors because they don't know everything about everything. But you know what? I'm thankful that Jesus never has a board meeting with the angels in heaven. He's never puzzled about what's going on on this earth. He never needs advice. He is a wonderful counselor. Why do we need counsel? Because this world is a confusing place. Very confusing. Have you said recently, this is a crazy world? <laughs> After reading the news, you think sometimes, this world is crazy. And only Jesus Christ can guide us through the fog of this world. We need a counselor, not only because of this crazy world, but because all of us have a sin nature. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? If I'm not careful, my heart will deceive me. My heart will lead me in the wrong direction. That's why it's important for us not to live by feelings. Now, some of you maybe this morning thought, Wow, praise the Lord, they didn't have Sunday school. I really don't feel like going to church this morning. And I'm glad we don't live by our feelings. We shouldn't live by our feelings. But the reason we need a wonderful counselor is because we have a sin nature. Now, why is Jesus qualified to be our counselor? I believe, first of all, 
because of his age and experience. From the very beginning, Jesus was here. He was never born. He was always here. Now that's hard to understand. And he'll always be here. Because of his age and experience, we don't have a lot of kids in the auditorium. But afterwards, uh, you went look around and find some kid and say, hey, I want to talk to you. Uh, Pastor, may I use your, your office? And uh, I want to talk to this kid. I want him to give me some advice about my marriage. There's no way you would do that. And there's no way you would have a kid sit down and give you some financial advice. But we can go to Jesus Christ because of his, his experience and his age. Because of his knowledge, he knows everything about everything. In fact, he knows everything about you. You know, sometimes you pay a lot of money to go to a counselor and they're not sure what's wrong with you. The Lord knows. And he's willing to give us counsel. Because of Jesus' education, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 13 and 14. Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel? Never once did Jesus say, I I, I need help with this. And who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Never once did Jesus have to seek for counsel. His price is free. He doesn't charge us for counsel. Isn't that wonderful? He is always available. It doesn't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you can't sleep. And you've got all these concerns on your heart. You can cry out to Jesus at that time and he understands and he's available. A lot of times when we need something, it's usually... The place we need it from, they're closed or you can't get hold of anybody. I'm thankful that Jesus is always available. No matter where you are, he's always available. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, for God has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now there's times you may Lose the sense of his presence. But you'll never lose his presence. He's always with us. And there's some times you might think, where are you, God? You're far away. He's right with you. Jesus is always available. He always gives a perfect advice. Isn't that wonderful? He never gets it wrong. No matter what's bothering you today, Jesus is the perfect counselor. And no wonder Isaiah said he's a wonderful counselor. In Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The test of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoice in the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure, enlightening the eyes. I know this about the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't tell you what you want to hear. He tells you what you need to hear. He's always available. Now, throughout the Word of God, there are illustrations of people that had counsel, but it wasn't wise counsel. Remember Eve in the Garden of Eden? What was Satan said to Eve? Well, go ahead, eat from this forbidden tree. 
Eat the forbidden fruit. It'll make you wise. And Eve listened to the wrong counsel. May I encourage you this morning, make sure the counsel that you listen to is from the Word of God. Because many times we try to find counsel and we try to find someone that will agree with us. It might be a friend and they're afraid to tell us the truth and they'll tell us what we want to hear. And we'll think, wow, that was great counsel. Folks, we need the counsel of the Word of God this morning. Then the counsel that Jesus Christ received when he was in the wilderness being tempted. Remember what Jesus was told by Satan? Turn these stones into bread. I'm thankful that Jesus didn't listen. What about Job? You talk about a bad day. Job hears that he lost his family. All of his children were killed. Then he finds out he lost his servants and his livestock. Then he comes down with boils. And what does his wife say to him? Just curse God and die. Just curse God. Then Job had some friends. They were great friends. I mean, they sat with Job for seven days and didn't say anything. It would have been wise if they kept their mouth shut. But then they decide we're going to give Job his counsel. We're going to tell Job what's wrong with them. So what do they do? Three of Job's friends said to Job, Job, the reason you have all these problems is because you are a wicked person. And Job, it's because the evil in your heart. Unwise counsel. The Bible tells us, In James chapter 5, if any of ye lack wisdom, that would be all of us, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. Isn't that wonderful? God tells us, he says, if you lack wisdom, if you lack counsel, if you lack direction in this confusing world with a deceitful heart, God says, you come to the wonderful counselor. Not every counselor that you meet is going to care for you. But in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now, I don't know what you're facing in your life right now. But Jesus has the right answer. And he cares for you. You're not going to find a counselor that says, hey, give me all your problems, your financial problems, your health problems, just cast it on me. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Jesus says that to us, to every one of his children, casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. He always understands, always understands. You see, if I'm not getting my counsel from the Lord Jesus Christ, I am being deceived. And when I'm deceived, I don't even know I'm being deceived. A deceived person doesn't know they're being deceived. There are a lot of Christians being deceived today. Folks, it doesn't matter what the majority of the world says. It matters what God says. He's our wonderful counselor. He always understands his personality. No wonder Jesus is wonderful. Folks, 
When was the last time you went to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I, I, I need your guidance? I, I don't understand what's going on. I need your counsel. You're wonderful. Secondly, we see that not only his personality was wonderful, but his power is wonderful. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. That's exciting. God doesn't sit up in heaven and, and he, he looks down at us and says, I, well, I wish I could do something. I wish I could help that person out. No matter what you're facing today, God is wonderful. God is powerful. Just recently, we heard about the tornadoes that hit Kentucky and Tennessee and some of the southern states, southern Illinois and Wow, the devastation. Folks, the power of a tornado. And we sit there in awe and we think, wow. And, I mean, it looked worse, worse than a war zone. But think about it. What about the power of the person behind that tornado? We see lightning strikes. They happen all the time. Do you realize one lightning strike can light up 500, almost 600 houses all day long? We serve a mighty God. He's a powerful God. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17 says, O Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. You know when worry comes in? When it's too hard for us. When we're looking at a situation, we think, I, I can't handle it. God says, I know you can't. That's why I tell you to cast all your care upon me because I care for you. Not only do I have the personality to help you, I have the power to help you. Jeremiah 32, 17, O Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Wow. God said, I made the moon. I made the sun. I made the stars. I made you. There's nothing too hard for me. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they should walk and not faint. You know what our problem is this morning? We don't know how to wait. And the word wait in the Hebrew language doesn't mean not to do anything. It means to twist our weakness around his strength. I think of the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. And when God sent ten plagues. Now imagine if you were part of the tribe of the children of Israel. And the water turns to blood, and Pharaoh says, I'm not letting the children of Israel go. Who is God? You're going, oh man, things are getting worse. And then when the flies come, and then the darkness, and the other plagues, and you're going, Lord, what's going on? Pharaoh just has a hard heart. But when God slew the firstborn son, Pharaoh finally let the children of Israel go to worship. Folks, in our lives, 
God says, I will deliver you. I will bring you out of that sorrow. Just wait on the Lord. And it's hard to wait because we really don't trust him. Not only do we see his personality, his power, but his permanence. He'll be here forever and ever and ever and ever. Long time ago, my grandpa lived in Florida. He's with the Lord now. But he worked for Pan American. How many have heard of Pan American? Or Okay. Some of the older ones. All right. And it was a, a real popular airline. And he bought stocks. And he would talk about Pan American air, airline lines. And uh, he would send me model airplanes. And I put them all together. And I hung them from my ceiling. And then I got bored one day and started them on fire. Not inside the house. All right. And uh, I remember I got to lead my grandpa to the Lord. Right before he died, he got cancer. But I remember he made some promises to me that he was going to fulfill and give me some things. He was going to give me a watch. And he got cancer. But folks, there's a God in heaven no matter what he promises can fulfill what he promises. Because he will always be here. Now when Isaiah says he's the everlasting Father, doesn't mean that he's the Father, God the Father, God the Son. But his care will be everlasting. No matter when you need him, he is there. If it's ten years from now, God will give us his care. If it's a hundred years from now, he will still care for us. Just imagine over the centuries of time. 300 years ago, Christians relied upon Jesus Christ. We can rely upon Him too. Revelation 1.8 I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Isaiah 26.3 and 4 That will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Thee because He trusteth in Thee. Then verse 4 Trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is ever Lasting strength. Now Isaiah says three things about God, about the Lord Jesus Christ. He said he'll give you peace. And for minds are stayed on him. Because he is the ever self-existing one. The Lord in the Hebrew language, Jehovah. You see, if you didn't sleep last night, you would be pretty grouchy. If you hadn't eaten for a week, we'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. We need water to drink. We need food to eat. What do you call a man when he doesn't get his food? Grouchy, all right? Folks, God is self-existing. He doesn't need water to drink. He doesn't need to take a nap. He doesn't need food to eat. No one created him. God created us. And I believe the reason we have to eat is almost a sign that we need God. We need God's food. We need Him. He's the ever-existing One. He's the ever-living God. Verse 4, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. 
that wonderful? Because the older you get, you realize you need God a lot more. And 10 days from now, when you need God, He's available. He's the everlasting God. He's the ever-living God. I'm thankful for that. But last of all, His preeminence. He's the Prince of Peace. One Christian author said, we're drowning ourselves in emptiness. We're all searching for satisfaction and happiness. And the real problem is when we get what we think will provide happiness and it doesn't, then we really are empty. He's the Prince of Peace. You see, sometimes we think, especially when you're a kid, I remember one time, I don't know why I said it, but I told my parents, we lived in Bismarck, North Dakota, and it snows a lot there. And all my friends had sleds. And I told my parents, I don't know why I told them this, I think it was 10 years old, I said, Mom, Dad, if you get me a sled, I don't want any more Christmas presents ever again. That was dumb. They got me a sled. It was it was a leaning against the tree in the morning. I got that sled, went out there, had fun, and guess what? The next Christmas, I wanted gifts again. See, nothing satisfies but the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll spend our whole life searching and grabbing at soap bubbles that do not satisfy. Only Jesus satisfies because he made us for another world. I don't care what it is. Maybe you get a promotion at work. It's not going to satisfy. You get a brand new car. You park out in the middle of the parking lot so no one scratches the door for a while. And then two years later, you're with everybody else. And the excitement at Christmas when you get that gift, and you probably don't even remember what you got last Christmas. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. This Christmas, don't forget Jesus. Because it's about him. He is wonderful. He hasn't changed. You know, if somebody would come to me, and I've done this many, many times, and it's a great way to witness. I remember sitting at a park years ago in Champaign. A guy sat down. The Lord worked in my heart to witness to this man. And a lot of times when you start witnessing, they turn you off. And so I said, sir, things are pretty bad. And this was like six years ago. And things were bad then. They're a lot worse now. And I said, things are pretty bad. Oh, yeah, they're bad. They're bad, he said. I said, it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah, it's scary. It's scary. I said, well, I want to go to heaven. How do you get there? So he started telling me, well, you got to be a good person. you got to go to church. And uh, so I was able to witness to him and tell him what the Bible says. But the answer to our dilemma this morning, if a person doesn't know how to get to heaven. The answer is Jesus Christ. That's it. It's all about Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's about Jesus. And yesterday, I haven't thought about this for a long time, but yesterday I was thinking about people that go to hell. I mean, you know, the Bible says, examine your salvation. Make sure you're in the faith. Folks, if there's one thing you want to know, you want to know for sure you're on your way to heaven. 
And I thought about people that are lost. They're going to spend all eternity in hell. And the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. But in the Christian life, when there's sorrow, when there's worry, when there's fear, the answer is Jesus Christ. And you will never enjoy your Christian life unless you take of his wonderful counsel. Unless you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he wonderful to you this morning? He ought to be. If we didn't get another gift, we had Jesus Christ. He's more than enough. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning, I asked you at the beginning of the service, the sermon, I said, is Jesus wonderful to you? And you don't have to answer it out loud, but is he wonderful to you? Because in my own life, I find out that other things, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, I get more excited about, and I should get more excited about the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm thankful for this time of the year. And right now, our focus should be on a wonderful Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and no one looking around. Is there someone here this morning you say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. And I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Here's my hand. Please pray for me. Is there someone like that here this morning? How many Christians would say, Pastor, I need counsel. I need help. I need direction. And I realized this morning that Jesus is wonderful. He's a wonderful counselor. His counsel is free. He's always right. He's never wrong. And he's willing to give me wisdom. And I need that today. Would you, with your uplifted hands, show me? God bless you. Many, many hands.